Well, good morning. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I want to thank uh, Kurt for filling in last week. Uh, Kurt and Justin uh, leading worship last week. Uh, I know they always do a, a great job, and uh, it, it makes getting out of town a lot easier, so I appreciate that. So most of you know uh, this time last week we were in Arkansas with Went on a duck hunting trip. I got uh, two or three pictures, hopefully, that you'll be able to see. Uh, we were surprised. We always go, and, and uh, sometimes uh, Arkansas provides some good memories. Uh, and we were supposed to get a light snow uh, that Monday morning. It was supposed to have quit before we uh, started, uh, but as we were driving uh, to the hunt, it was just snowing real heavy, real big flakes. And then as we hunted, uh, it, was, it was snowing. I asked the guide, uh, how did the birds fly in the snow? And he said, well, we don't know. Uh, had never done it. So uh, that's a picture of the field. We got a good, good cover. The birds did fly. We had a, a great hunt that morning, so that's a memory uh, that I'll never forget. That was at the beginning of the week. Uh, the third picture's always a good time for us. We have a place there called Taylor's. Uh, it's about the only time we eat out, uh, but uh, it's a good place to eat, but it's kind of sad because it always, that, that was our last night, but I just look at that, and uh, we had nine guys together, and so for the week, uh, to be able to hunt with them and uh, start the mornings off as we were in the duck blinds to, to pray together and to hear each other pray. Uh, one particular night, we just kind of sat around and talked about what God had done over the past year uh, since we'd been together. Uh, so the fellowship was sweet, and it was just an honor uh, to be with them uh, the guy to my left at the table, Blake Pennington, I, I owe him. Uh, uh, he uh, took one of my shells and he opened it up and got the pellets out and stuffed it with duck feathers. And so for all week, the best shot I had on a duck, I stood up, pulled the trigger, and I heard poof. And they said it did. I didn't see it, but those duck feathers came out the end of my gun, went everywhere. And uh, so uh, they got a good laugh out of that, but uh, uh, I wasn't laughing so much. So Blake Pennington, uh, I owe him for that. On a serious note, uh, we'll probably take Sundays now week by week. And uh, so next week, based on the spike that's been in this area for the virus, uh, we will be Facebook Live only again. And so we were going to try to have folks come back the 24th, uh, but just doesn't look like it would be safe. And so hopefully the 31st we can come back, but uh, we'll, like I say, next week I'll let everybody know. But next Sunday we'll plan on it being uh, Facebook Live only. So uh, we miss faces in these seats, uh, but we're going to have to do that at least one more week, and so you be praying. I uh, got a message from Sharon Ramsey this morning uh, that the update for Tom was basically the same. He's the same. Uh, 
but she was going over and be with him, and they were going to listen to Facebook Live. So, Tom, uh, we love you. Uh, we've been praying for you and Sharon. North Point has been praying, but there's a lot, a lot of people praying for Tom Ramsey, and, and they love Tom Ramsey, and it just shows that you have impacted a lot of lives, and you got a lot of friends, got a lot of family uh, that's in your corner. So today, Tom, we're saying don't give up. You keep fighting. Rest and let the medicines do what they need to do. Uh, and uh, just I hope that you feel the power, uh, the prayers that's going out for you. Uh, and so, Tom, don't give up. We've got a lot of ministry left to go. And so we're sending that out to you today. So we're going to pray for you now, uh, and then we'll get into God's Word. So let's pray together as brothers and sisters. Lord, I'm thankful for each and every opportunity that we have here, uh, whether that's to have a, a packed house or whether that's to do Facebook Live. And so, Lord, we just give each opportunity to you and ask that you would multiply it and bless it for your glory and the growth of your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to get away and be with uh, nine men, uh, brothers, and to, to get away and to, to recharge our batteries. And so I'm thankful for the safety that you provided and the good time that you provided. And Lord, we've been praying, we come together today and we lift Tom Ramsey to you. He's our brother, and Lord, we're praying for healing. We're praying for complete healing. We pray that you'd be with his doctors. Pray that you would be with the nurses that are caring for him. Pray that you'd be with the medicines and all that's being used to help him. I pray that his body would respond. I pray, Lord, that you would protect Tom mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. And Lord, that he would feel your presence and he would feel your touch and that Lord one day soon we would back, be back in this building together worshiping you together and working together for your kingdom pray that you'd be with Sharon and the rest of the family as they're waiting as Sharon travels back and forth to the hospital you keep her safe and, and, and give her strength and Lord today I pray as we open your word I pray that you would clear our minds clear our hearts, help us to be in tune with you, help us to have a hunger for your word, for your spirit, for growth. And I pray that because we worship together today, that we would be more like your son, Jesus. And God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Look in Isaiah uh, chapter 1. Starting with verse 13 today, it says, Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offering disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are sinful and false. And I want no more of your pious meetings. And what he was saying there was, uh, God was saying that, that, the people were, were doing what he had asked, what the law required, but their hearts wasn't in it. They were going through the motions, and because they were not taking these things serious, 
he didn't like it and he wasn't accepting that as a true gift, an honorable gift, one that he desired. He says, I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me and I cannot stand them. Because of that, in verse 15, he says, when you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. And I challenge you today, brothers and sisters and Christians today, I've heard so many people say before, you know, my, my prayers feel like they don't get above the ceiling. I, I don't know why I pray. I don't, I don't ever get an answer from God. And I'm asking you to look at your life and could it be that you're going through the motions? Maybe in church, maybe in a Sunday school class, maybe in a home group, maybe singing on stage, maybe singing in a choir, uh, maybe on, on a deacon board, uh, a leader of some sort. And yet you, you don't feel like God's there. You don't feel close to him. And I'm asking you to look at your life today and look at the children of Israel and and God said, I, I, I want it to be real. I want your gift to be sincere. I don't want you going through the motions. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen, for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Best way to, to be real is to turn from sin, to, to be aware daily our connection with God. Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Justin sang a song and it was saying that nothing's better than, than God and only he, when you go to him, uh, can make that clean. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. I don't know if you ever had blood get on a shirt or a pair of pants, but it's hard to deal with. It's hard to get clean. It's hard to get out. And he's saying these sins are, are scarlet, they're red, they're like that blood, it, it stains. And only God can, can get them clean, completely clean. And he says he will make them white as wool. Verse 19 says this, if you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. He says, that connection means that you're going to follow the path that I set before you. You're going to be making the attempt to, to do what God wants you to do and to be in God's light. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you'll be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. First Peter chapter 2, verse... 21 says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. And his steps were this in verse 22, he never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. Uh, 
Those are things that in this life we realize we are sinners, but we have to make the attempt to turn from our sin and to keep from sinning and, and to not be deceptive, to be transparent. That's one of the things when the nine of us gathered around the table and we were sitting in a, a hunting lodge. We had on our comfy clothes and we wasn't in a church building. We talked about this past year, the pandemic, our jobs, and where God was in all of that, where, where God had been in everybody's life. And as we went around the room, Everyone was transparent. They, they talked about the good, they talked about the bad, they talked about the struggles, and they talked about the highs of, of our relationship with God and, and what that had meant over the past 12 months since that group had been together. And in camouflage clothes and cold weather and a duck hunting blind, Steve looked at me at one point and he said, you know, the key to this group, the key to, to what we have is, is transparency. We, we're honest with one another in the good, the bad, all that we go through. Nobody tries to hide anything. Nobody tries to be, be perfect. We just live life together. We're transparent. And that's what these passages of Scripture are, are talking about. Uh, he did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. And verse 24 says this, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. I love the way this passage puts it. Jesus personally carried my sin. His body as he died on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. Because of what he did on the cross, I don't have to be bound by sin. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't struggle. It doesn't mean that I, I don't have temptation in my life. And it doesn't mean that sometimes I don't fall. But I don't have to be a slave to sin. And it's because of what Jesus did for me that sin is dead and by his wounds, I was healed. You can be healed today. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. I've only seen shepherds and sheep in videos and on TV and I've only read about it in God's word and in books, but... I know this, the sheep know the shepherd and they know his voice and they know that the shepherd have their best interest and they follow him through the valleys. They follow him through dangerous uh, encounters knowing that he wants to get them to the good water, to the green pastures, and that's the goal. We know that with, with God. I hope that you know that with God today. Psalm chapter 51, David, we read this several uh, months ago, but David, when he had sinned against God with Bathsheba and he, 
he was guilty, turns to God, and he says this in Psalm 51, verse 1. He says, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. That's what I was talking about in the past passage before, the, 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 the sin that, that sticks to you, the sin that creates a stain. Uh, it, it, it makes you uh, guilty. It makes you feel spiritually dirty. Wash me clean from my guilt. Pur- purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. It was ever before him. It ate at him. And he says this in verse 4. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. And you will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. David was saying, I I messed up. And whatever you do, God... I deserve. But he was letting God know and being transparent that that he felt bad for what he had done. And in verse 5, he admits what we all have to admit. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Honesty. Being truthful with God. Sometimes we try to hide things from our our family. Sometimes people try to hide things from from their preacher, from the church. We can't can't ever hide anything from God, and we for for sure can't outrun him. He's always there, and he always knows. And David said, God, purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. David had messed up. He'd messed up in a big way. And yet he knew what he had to do. And that was turn to God. That was to be transparent with God and to give it to him as best he knew how as a human being and let God handle the rest. Second Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 14, they We're talking in this passage about being God's ambassadors and about other ministers who were doing it just to to seek popularity. And in verse 14, it says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. The neat thing about going and spending time with the men that we did this past week was because I know that while they're not perfect, they're sinners just like I am, they want Christ's love to control them in every situation, in whatever they do, when they're with their families, when they're away, but when they're with us as well. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Uh, and that's the key today. I want to go ahead and tell you that I've never been perfect in, in following Christ. I, I'm not perfect today. And I feel like I'm further down the road. I'm more mature in my walk. And I do definitely feel like that in everything, 
as best as Debbie and I know how to do, we try to give everything that we do, our, our home, our trips, our money, our, our, our family, our grandkids, everything, we, we try to give it to God and see what he wants us to do, which way he wants us to go. In the past, in younger days, we'd make decisions, Debbie and I both would, and then hope that God agreed with what we were doing, that God, God thought that was a good thing. We didn't, we didn't take it to God and evaluate it. And that's what I'm talking about in that walk. We're still, we're still getting close to God. We're still trying to understand the spiritual life. We, we have a hunger for, for not only knowing it for ourselves, but for helping other people. Verse 16, so we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. And I was there. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. There, There are times when when I, I look at situations and I look at, at life and I look at people that are in church and, and I wonder, wonder what they're thinking or why they make this decision or the, that decision. Because it, it goes against this word. It goes against uh, our faith. It goes against God. All we can do when that happens is pray. All we can do when that happens is love. All we can do when that happens is encourage. And that's what God's word is to us. It's, it's an encouragement of that old life and that new life and, and being saturated with God. Verse 18, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. What what an awesome task. I, I prayed last week as we went because we went through Georgia. We went through Alabama. We went through Mississippi. And my prayer was is that anyone that we came in contact with, whether it was a short period of time or for a long period of time, was that they would see Christ living in us as a group, that they would see a difference, know a difference. And that God would touch them because of that. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So because of that, because he took my sin to the cross, because he gave me healing, I am Christ's ambassador today. If you claim Christ today, if you have him in your heart, you are an ambassador of Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And that's what I've been pleading for the last several years to our country, to our leaders, Democrats, Republicans, all folks, men, women, boys and girls, all states, all governors, come back to God. If we want a united country, if we, if we want 
God's blessings, we have to come back to him. And that means turning from our sin, sin that separates us from God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, for my sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Powerful passage of Scripture today that, that helps us know, uh, helps us understand where God wants us to be. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11 says this, Let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. And that's a blessing when we can hear God's word, when we can live life, but we can continue to stand firm in God. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all of the apostles. Last of all, though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm, even, uh, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I, I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I've worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I but God who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you have already believed. That message today for you and I is that Jesus did come, he did die, but God raised him from the dead. And he took our sins to the cross so that you and I can have eternal life. And because of that, it's made a difference in my life. And because of that, I hope it makes a difference in your life. And that every day you live, you seek his will. And every day you live, you make the attempt to not sin, to follow him, to be an encouragement to your friends, your family, your co-workers, to lead them to that same relationship. The last couple of passages to me are, are key, and we'll close for the day. Psalm 103, starting with verse 7, says, He revealed his character to Moses, God revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow 
to get angry and filled with unfailing love. I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm thankful that he's slow to get angry because especially in my younger days, I could do things that I felt like would make him angry. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. What is that saying? His love for us is unfathomable. We, we can't comprehend it. We can't, we can't understand it. And look at verse 12 as we talk about sin and it separating us from God. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Now, when we started on our journey to Arkansas, we were going west. Because we were going and we were on a trip and we were going to be together and we were going to be hunting, uh, that trip west didn't seem like it took long at all, even though it did. We were excited. And I found in my spiritual walk when, when things are good and I'm close to God that, that, that things seem to go good with, without struggle or, or without many bumps. Then Friday we hunted and we went back and we packed up and we got on the RV and we headed home. Same miles, same road, and we were coming east. And it seemed like it took forever. I'd take a nap and think, well, when I wake up, we'll be, we'll be close to home, and, and we wouldn't be. And I have found in my spiritual walk when, when I have sin in my life and I'm trying to hide it or I'm running from God and I'm not being transparent, there are more bumps in the road and things seem to be like a struggle. But when we give our sin to God, here's one thing that I do know, east and west will never meet. And that's what this passage of Scripture gives you and I today when it talks about our sins and we are transparent, we give it to God. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. And the Lord is like a father to his children, tender, compassionate to those who fear him. Now, I always say this when I hear those words because I don't think that you and I need to be uh, afraid of God. I was not afraid of my mom and dad, but I did fear them because when my mom and dad said something, you, you could take it to the bank. And so I had a respect for my mom and dad because when they said something, they meant it. And when they said something, they did it. Sometimes that was a good pat on the back and sometimes that was a kick in the keister. But the respect was still there because I knew my mom and dad had my best interest at heart. And spiritually today, I know that God has my best interest at heart. Last couple passages of scripture that go to, and this is one that we read a, a lot here. In John chapter 8, a woman caught in adultery. Uh, she was guilty. Uh, Jesus said this in verse 10, 
Uh, he stood up and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? She said, no, Lord. Jesus standing there could have picked up a rock. He could have thrown it. But he said, neither do I. You see, he gave her grace. And after he gave her grace, he gave her truth. And he gives you and I truth today. And he gives you and I opportunity today. He told her, he tells us, go and sin no more. He looked at a woman that was as guilty as guilty could be. And basically what he said is, I love you and I'm giving you opportunity. Now what happened to her after that? I don't know. I know that she had an opportunity. She had an opportunity to look at life. She had the opportunity to look at Jesus. And she had the opportunity to go and sin no more. Now, the question is, do we take that for what it is? And do we understand the magnitude of being transparent with God, giving our life to Him, realizing we're not going to be perfect, but living each day the best we can following Him trying to be plugged into his love and his power. I'm thankful that this word tells us that he loves us so much that he wants to throw our sins as far as from the east is to the west. All today is for you. Just to be honest with him and give it to him. And that's my challenge today. Knowing that God loves you with that abundant love. That rich, satisfying love, that, that, that life-giving love that leads you and I to eternity. My prayer is, is that we all not only find it, but then follow it. I hope that God uses his word through his spirit to strengthen you today, to encourage you today. To give us all hope. And that's my prayer. Let's pray together. Father, I'm thankful. I'm appreciative. I'm humbled. The fact that I do not deserve your forgiveness or your love. And I definitely didn't deserve you taking my sin to the cross with you. But I'm thankful because of your word and because of your spirit, I know that you did. And because of that, it creates life change. Because of that, it creates newness. And because of that, I can be clean. And so, Lord, I'm thankful to be a part of a church, to be a part of home group leaders, staff, and to have many friends who are not a part of this church, who, who are transparent in life and doing the best they can to follow you and to be ambassadors. And I pray that you give us the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge to help other people navigate this life 
and to be able to share truth with them when life throws us curveballs. Lord, to do that, we need you every day. And that's our prayer. God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.